0: Well, if we uh, can, let's take our Bibles out, and hopefully you all have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we want to make sure everybody uh, owns a Bible. So if you don't own one, we have ones for you to keep that are on the back table or on the side table here. Please grab one of those and take it home and read those Bibles. Not because we want to try to fulfill some kind of Bible reading uh, quota, but rather the Lord's trying to feed us, and we need to go to this and read it. As well, everything that I'm saying here while I'm preaching... It's good for you to go and invest some time uh, reading that as well for two reasons. One is to check and make sure that what I'm saying is true. And two, so that you can continue to gain sustenance. How many of you like to only eat on Sundays? All right. You would starve, right? You'd be miserable. And yet that's the way we we, a lot of times as the church treat the Word of God. We'll feed on it on Sundays and then we'll starve ourselves till next week. Don't starve yourself. Uh, take a Bible and and get into it. And I I want to let you know that today we're covering some ground regarding the Antichrist. And uh, there there is a lot about the Antichrist in the Bible. And uh, we're not able to cover it all today. And if we did, I'd probably have everybody in confusion because I'm still figuring everything out. But I want to give you a couple passages uh, to look at just in case you want to go check those out. I want you to look at Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 8, Daniel chapter 11... 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and then throughout the book of Revelation, he's mentioned as well. I'm going to take some particular scriptures, and I'm going to make those available on our website, and you'll be able to download it from where this sermon will be posted. Or if you want a hard copy, print it off. I can print that out for you if you just let me know. But uh, what I wanted to do is give an overview. But If you want to do more digging, which is good for you, then I want to make that resource available to you. As well, we also had a sermon on the Antichrist, which was in our Second Thessalonians series. You can find that uh, that sermon from Second Thessalonians chapter two on our website, um, or you can request a copy from the back window. So I just want to make sure that you have all those available for you because we're going to feed quickly today, but that's not the gist of it. Um, uh, there's a lot more to be known about the Antichrist. So let's pray this morning as we go into this passage. I would like for the Lord to guide my words this morning and for Him to guide all of our hearts and spirits as we receive the gospel. And so, Father, we come to you this morning asking that you would be our teacher, knowing that we are incapable of having the wisdom and understanding necessary to perceive the things which you have foretold, whether we are looking at your word or whether we are gazing at the events of the world and all that's on the landscape. Lord, we are we are incapable of seeing for it for what it truly is. And so, Lord, we pray that you would guide us uh, our understanding and our wisdom this morning as we hear from your word. I pray you guide my lips today, Lord, that I would uh, share the gospel as I should. We thank you for Jesus and all that he's done so that as we approach these things, we w- would not approach them with fear, but we would approach them with confidence in the one who has gained a victory, uh, not just for himself, but for his people. And so we're thankful for that. So, Lord, be our teacher today in Jesus' name. Amen. So with those Bibles that you have, please turn to Revelation chapter 13. Revelation chapter 13, we're going to pick up in verse 11, Um, and and I want to give a a little bit of a quiz as you're opening up there. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say um, uh, either an animal or an organization, you'll understand what I'm doing in a minute, but I want you to give me the name of somebody that that reminds you of, it probably is the leader of that, uh, that group of people, but I'm going to give, it's just a little quiz, let's see how you do, let's start off with, with uh something simple, even the kids should be able to get this one. But I'm going to give the organization. You give me the leader's name, okay? Disneyland, Walt Disney. Mickey Mouse, or Walt Disney. Good. So you see, there's. Uh, I'll give that one to the kids. They all said Mickey Mouse, as it should be. But you say the organization, and then there's the person in charge. Okay, that's the quiz. So let me give you another one. Panthers. Is... Oh, okay, okay. Cam Newton's. I'll give it to Cam Newton. So Cam Newton. Here here's another one. Even though it's far away, you should get Seahawks. Russell Wilson. Okay, okay, okay. And let me this everybody should be tuned in on this one because of current events, okay. Let me see if you can get this one. Donkey. (laughs) (laughs) Donkey's mule days. Well done, my friend. Well done, my friend. Democratic party and the and the person would be Hillary. Hillary Clinton so you got the the animal the beast and then you have a face that's a, associated with the leader let me give you one last one elephant well. <laughs> Trump okay whether you like those people or not whether it's a quarterback whether it's a political figure or a cartoon character uh whether you like those people or not they become kind of the um uh, person, uh, person who is the face of the organization. And so what we're seeing today as we go through chapter 13 is that Satan has begun uh, some of his evil workings in setting forth his system, his governance, his kingdom in the midst of the world. And so we've been seeing the description of that through chapters 12 and 13, actually, And now that as we're getting to the end of 13, what we're going to see is the face of that system as Satan's working behind the scenes. But he actually brings about a figure, a person, a leader who is the face of that organization. It may actually be somebody that we already know if the Lord's coming soon, somebody that's already in the world today that we know of. But we're looking at these things to just say, Lord, show us. Would you show us what's going to take place? As I said, these were prophesied way back in Daniel and stuff. That's 600 years before Jesus. Uh, and it's still being prophesied here in the book of Revelation. So let's go and look and see what it says. We've already given, had a little description of the Antichrist. As it says, the first beast, which is the system of Satan, was given a mouth. It's talking about this Antichrist. But now it's actually going to put that to the person uh, here in the second part. So verse 11 begins to describe this Antichrist. Then I saw another beast. This is the second beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb and it spoke. Like a dragon, it exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence or on its behalf and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of the people and by the signs that is uh, that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast. It deceives those who dwell in the earth telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast. So that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. And so what we have here is Satan who has his first beast, that's his government, that's his system, his kingdom, but then put into play by the works of Satan is this one who would represent that kingdom, and that is this Antichrist. It's described as the second beast here. Now, as again, as we come and we look at this passage, we're thinking beasts, dragon voices, things like that, and we think, man, that must be awful, that must be wretched, that must be something that would be easily seen, and everybody would call that out as being a beast. And yet what we know about Satan and also what we know by this Antichrist is that they're very crafty. Amen. They're very sly. Amen. We call them the Antichrist. Goes, oh, is that scary? But that's not the way that this Antichrist will be presented. It'll be somebody who, uh, by their actions and by their words and decisions, causes people to be deceived and gathered together in a unification world, wide around this leader. Other governments will come and align with this leader. He will take charge and he'll do it by his actions and by his words. Now, there's a lot to be said about this guy's character and what he does, but I want to focus on two today. One, in that being the Antichrist is just what that says. He is Antichrist. Now, there's not just one who's the Antichrist. The Scripture says there's been many many Antichrists, and in fact, each one of us, have been antichrist in the sense that that word simply means somebody who's been opposed to Christ. You and I, when we sin, we are antichrist. We are being in opposition to Christ. It's just that this person does that far and away more than everybody else and calls everybody into that boat. This antichrist mimics Christ. Did you see how the antichrist is like a lamb? Now, he has two horns and he talks like a dragon, but he's presenting himself like a Christ. He's trying to show himself to people like I can save you. I can help you. You don't need anything else, but I can help you. Let me help you. And so he begins to mimic Christ. He mimics him in other ways. For instance, he has signs in second Thessalonians chapter two. It says these are false signs and miracles and wonders that he does. It says in this passage that he even has fire come down out of heaven. I don't know exactly what that'll look like. I don't know if he's bringing rocket systems down, or I don't know if there's actually some type of supernatural satanic demon power whereby fire's falling from heaven to earth. I don't know, but it's a false sign, just like a magician would do. And you know that when a magician works, you are captivated by their illusion. And this person, in mimicking the power and authority of Christ, are stealing people's attention away from Jesus and to himself. Amen. And so he mimics Christ in order to defy Christ, in order that he might steal from Christ the glory and worship that Christ deserves. He is the Antichrist. Amen. <coughs> Satan has put this into play. This evil, evil person will do that. He will mimic Christ, defy Christ, and steal from Christ. How does he do that? And this brings up the second point uh, the second point that I want to point out, and that is consistently throughout all the passages describing the Antichrist, there's one thing that comes to the service about this, and that he's very bold in speech, but that his speech is is, 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 is it's very sly. He's a smooth talker. Amen. He sounds like a politician because he is a politician. They can have the worst of paths. They can have a scandal on every side. They could be telling you they're not going to raise taxes, even though everybody in the world knows they're going to raise taxes. But because they are a smooth talker and they've held their, your baby in their hands and they've done the campaign trail and they've had everybody elect them and everybody is now saying, man, he just talks so good. And look at the signs that he's done, the illusions that he's done. Certainly this guy is going to accomplish what he set forth to do. Let me join him so not only does he mimic Christ in his power and stealing his glory, but he's such a smooth talker that he doesn't look like a beast. Amen. Everybody just goes along with him. That's what's so scary about him. Because it's not as if there's just a little group of cult people saying, hey, sign me up. I want to go with the second beast. I want to go with the Antichrist. He says the entire world is trapped up in what he's doing. And he gets everybody so involved in what he's doing that he causes them to worship the system of Satan. And they're so disillusioned with it that he, and I don't know exactly what this means, but it says that he, he has this image that is made for the first beast, for the uh, system of Satan. That there is something, there is something visible. There is an iconic representation of Satan's system that he presents. And he somehow breathes into it so it can speak and have a lifelike manner about it. Even that is mimicking Jesus, giving life to something, a breath to something. But it says when he gives this image, that breath, that everybody turns and worships the image of that beast. Now, I don't know exactly what these things are, but we see things like this already happening. I'm not saying that it is the Antichrist, but there are things all the times if you're going to say, well, how would that happen? Certainly nobody would get so caught up in that that they would be fooled. And yet, consistently throughout the news, we are finding that people are being brought together worldwide into unification, not only in people liking each other for their hobbies, not only because they happen to speak the same language or can use the same currencies, they are coming together for worldwide governance purposes. They're being drawn together within a system that is a worldwide system. This is not because people are having a great idea that will somehow make people love each other better. It's because Satan is perpetuating his system and there will come one who will ultimately bring together the world against Jesus. And that is the Antichrist. But some of these things are already beginning to take place. For instance, soon there is going to be a call for supposedly Christians to come together in Washington, D.C. this summer for a big, huge gathering a unification setting. In that setting, there is going to be upon image in that place, not the Pope himself, but the image of the Pope coming together to call people to be unified. Now, I have not one time since the Pope has entered into his papacy ever heard him talk about the actual gospel of Jesus Christ, but on every single occasion that that man has gone about In public, he has brought together people who have no identity with Christ. They are of other religions. They are of other governing powers. And they come together and they all come together in unity. And he has nothing to do with Jesus. And there he will be on an image in our capital calling supposed Christians into unity. It is cunning and it is sly. Is it the Antichrist? I'm not going to say that. Now, I know that there have been church fathers through the ages who have continued to look at the Roman Pope to say, look out, that's going to be him, that's going to be him. I'm not there yet, but I'm not saying it's not him. I'm just saying, watch, watch. If that's not enough for you, even concerning him, there's also something that was really interesting in the news lately about unification. This one kind of startled me a little bit. Uh, You know, it's just so surprising. Back in the year 1054... The church had been going along all, all through the centuries uh, since Jesus, and it had taken many different turns, but it had it'd been a pretty unified church. Uh, but at 1054, they became a great split in the church. They call it the Great Schism. And there you have two different churches that break out. You get the Catholic Church, and then you have the Orthodox Church. And then later on, splintering off the Catholic Church, come the Protestants with Martin Luther and John Calvin. And that's where we come from who said there's only grace by faith in Jesus Christ. That's why we're Protestants and not Catholics or Orthodox. We're Protestants. The Catholics and the Orthodox churches have had a split since 1054. They hate each other. They don't like each other. (laughs) They don't like each other at all. And yet this year, the Orthodox churches are all coming together. There's 11 different groups in the Orthodox church now. They're all coming together. You have Greek Orthodox, Russian Orthodox, Orthodox. All all these Orthodox churches coming together and they're coming together for the purpose of the lead Orthodox father, Father Bartholomew, who has said, you know what? I'm going to go meet with the Pope and we're going to fix this. We're going to unify things again. That hasn't been done for over a thousand years. Under a thousand years. I don't know math, but I do know one thing. And when a lot of people come together, it means they're coming together to try to be one. And so we see different unification things like this happening, and it's scary. Now, again, I don't know whether the Antichrist will come from that area. I do know from the scriptures it says that the Antichrist will take his seat in the temple of God so that he will draw worship to himself. You and I both know that there's no temple in Jerusalem right now. There are plans for a third temple to be built, but there's There's no construction going on, so if it was to happen soon, there would be no temple for him to sit in. So where is then he to sit? The temple of God is you. The temple of God is the church where one might come up and say, I'm in the middle of the church, worship me. And that's why I take great care in looking at these things, saying, Lord, what's happening? But even if it's not in the church, there's crazy things happening in the world that are just freaky crazy. And there's one I was, I was tempted to come show the video, but because of the age groups of audience, I don't think it's appropriate for the entire video. But if you want to go YouTube this yourself, you can. Recently, they built the longest and deepest tunnel in the entire world over in Switzerland. It's a train tunnel. You know, usually people would get to the end of that tunnel and they'd have a celebration. Sure. Well, recently when they had the tunnels opening, they had this huge ceremony and they invited uh, world leaders. So there was heads of state there, the president of Germany, president of France, all kinds of European leaders were there. And, and they went to this ceremony. And so part of it was outside, part of it was in the tunnel. And if you go and watch that ceremony, it's not as if they're saying, hey, we have a tunnel and we have trains. Let's celebrate uh, industrial stuff. The entire thing is a completely satanic ritual. It, it is. I mean, you just have to go and see this thing for yourself. It is absolutely gross and satanic. They are mixing up the genders in their love affairs. They are, they are mixing in the, the Catholic Church, and they have a Pope's going about. And then at one point, in the midst of it all, even though there's all this, I mean, you can just tell when you watch it, there's all kinds of creepy demonic things, even this flying, weird, naked, breasted baby thing that is supposedly symbolizing a, 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 an occultic figure. Um, But in the midst of all that, here comes out, and and I'm not joking about this, here comes out this man who is dressed in a goat's head with horns. I mean, it's so explicit in what's going on. And here in the midst of the longest train tunnels ceremony are all these world leaders clapping their hands, enjoying the ceremony. The unification of the world system being so deceived by what's going on that, It's happening within people calling themselves religious in the church. It's happening within people who don't even call themselves the church. Just the giving over of people in their hearts to the system of Satan. And there will come one named the Antichrist who will continue to deceive people and say. Don't worship Jesus. Worship me. Now it'll be sly. It'll be hard to see. So be aware. But it's going to happen. And that's why we're in our scriptures so that we can know that these are happening. And we might say. No, not that. That's not for me. But the hard part about it is there's hooks. There's hooks, and there's there's tempting things on the midst of those hooks. Now I'm not a very good fisherman, and, the, and to say and to prove to you that I'm not very, there's been times I've gone out and fished with really bad bait. You know, I've tried. I, we were at Camp Dixie the other week, and I tried using chicken nuggets. does doesn't work. <laughs> I've tried without bait on there. Not good. I mean, it's obvious to see if I was a fish, I wouldn't, there's a hook there. Oh, but if there's something good and delicious on it, what's that do? Now, Some of you are good fishermen. You know the way of a fish. You know what that fish loves to eat. And So what do you do on the end of that deadly hook? You put something that's hard to resist. That's what the Antichrist is going to do. It's a big hook, but it's something that you and I love on the end of that that line. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard because there's going to be pressure to go along with it. And here's what happens in the midst of this pressure. It says in verse 16, also it, that's the Antichrist, causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is the name of the beast, or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. Six, six. So this you've probably heard of before. A lot of people have, have mentioned something called the mark of the beast. That's, this is where it comes from. That in the midst of the Antichrist going about his business, that there will be a, 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 a signature... A, a, a mark somehow upon the people who are in alignment with him within this worldwide structure. This says everybody, rich, poor, slave, free. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. If you want to buy or sell, it says, if you want to buy or sell anything, you have to be in the system. Now, I don't know whether this is an actual literal mark some people think you will have a barcode on your forehead you might have one on your hand and if you want to go to the store you know have your coupon associated with you you get your hand scanned maybe run your head across the thing i don't know how it's going to work but i don't know if it's actually that's going to be literal i could actually see it just being figurative in the sense that throughout scripture we've also seen figuratively at times that god has gone out and marked the foreheads of his people So it may not be something that you tangibly can see. It's in the spiritual realm maybe where you have been marked and set aside for not Jesus but for not Jesus that you have so said in your heart that, hey, hey, well, Jesus is great. Surely he's fed me on occasion and I've actually enjoyed going to church on occasion and once in a while the preacher would preach and I wouldn't even fall asleep. I mean, I've enjoyed those things, but really when it comes down to it, I want to buy and sell and I want things for myself and I want life to be comfortable and I just want it mine, mine, mine. And you don't have the mark of Jesus. You spiritually have the mark of the beast. You've been set aside for him. See, that marking on you, it doesn't have anything actually to do, if there is something literal where, where you will have a number on your head or you will have a number on your, your your wrist, that came a long time before you stood in that line and got that mark. Amen. Something had occurred in your heart where you said, I don't want Jesus. If you don't want Jesus, you're a part of what's anti-Jesus. That's the Antichrist in his system. Amen. If you have been marked, the mark is just a symbol of what's happened in your heart. The same way that the day I got married to Katie. She already loved me in her heart, but she gave me a symbol on my hand, on my ring to say, this is a mark on your hand that my love is true. That what you and I have in our hearts is true. The same thing then would happen in the system. It it comes long before. Now, some people have said, well, when I see that roll out, when I, then I'll withdraw, I'll see that mark coming and I'll just withdraw. The only way to withdraw is to say, I don't want the world and I don't know. I don't want just what my heart's passions are. I want Jesus. I want only Jesus. I want His forgiveness. And the moment that you get transferred out of Satan's kingdom and into the kingdom of Christ, you are then marked for Christ. He has put His name on yourself. He has put His blood over your sins. He has made you a son or daughter of the Father in heaven and therefore you will not get that mark. The Lord God will be with you and He will show you. He will show you at the times when the world is being hooked up by the mouth, having been tempted by those things which are so good. And you will say, I don't care if I die because I cannot buy bread anymore. I don't care if I can't sell another tire. Let me die for the name of Jesus. Because that's what's on my forehead. These days and the temptations, they're coming. And we see this and we say, well, those are future. But they're also now. On a daily basis, you are being tempted to go along with the world. It's crazy the videos that they put out for children now. Parents, watch out for what your kids are watching. These songs that are out right now, be careful what you're listening to. The kids start dancing to songs, and it's pretty groovy. We'll kind of be dancing around to it, even at the school. And then you go and you listen to the words of these songs that are, I mean, it gets everybody hyped up. Everybody's in a good mood. We have a good time. Have a great summer. And there's this song that I just can't get out of my head where the person says, this is my fight song. I'm going to do this. I don't care what everybody else says. I'll get through this. I'm going to do that. And while that sounds reasonable, and while it gets everybody pumped up and we're going to go and we're going to, this is my fight song. I'm going to accomplish it. If we go that route, we've just gone the way of Satan. Just like Adam and Eve said, we don't need you. We will eat ourselves. We'll become like God and just do it on our own. And the slyness of the world to tuck it into a, a groovy tune to stick it in a TV show, to put it on the talk radio or even as innocent as somebody you love, not keeping their eyes on Jesus and possibly taking you away from Jesus. And here's where I finish with a confession of my own. Katie had a day recently. It was was a hard day. And so we had talked about it later And um, as a husband, I was attempting to do my my job, you know, to comfort her. And so I came to her and I I was like, you know, Katie, this is the situation. And you know what? Um, You're wonderful and beautiful and people appreciate you and you help so many people. And I love you so much and I think you're so beautiful. And here's a kiss on the cheek. And I mean, I was doing everything that husbands should do, right, to care for their wife. And so we, we finished our conversation, and we went on. A couple days later, Katie and I were talking. I said, uh, you know, how, how are things going with this, this thing? She said, oh, man, ever since our conversation, I've, I've been doing much better. And I, I said to Katie, I said, I, I need to ask your forgiveness. Because I totally failed my wife. In the moment when she needed care for But I basically said to her, where's your fight song? You're great. And I think you're great. So get through it. I completely failed to say, let's go to the Lord. Can I with you? Can we as a married couple go to the Lord? You see how it is. It might not be a beast out. yonder. It might be your husband and it might be your wife and it might be a friend who's trying to do you good, but not leading you to Jesus. That's why we need to go, go, go to the Lord. Everything Jesus. Because everything outside of him is saying, no, not Jesus. You, do what you want. You're okay. You can make it. Have a great day. Just get a little dance and you'll make it fine. Get together with a bunch of people. And if they're all together with you, you'll have a good time. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And then you end up with a bunch of people who are having a good time. Completely shot up down in Orlando. Death comes fast. We don't know when it's going to strike, and we don't know when the end is coming. But you yourself need to be with Jesus. You need to be marked by Him. And if you love other people, you are taking them to Jesus too. Your husband, your wife, your children, your coworkers, your mates. You take others to Jesus. These times are going to get hard. And if we don't have Him, we're going to completely fall for the bait. Father, we come to you and we thank you. We thank you because you're a com- in complete control of everything. The, the things that are happening in our world are no surprise to you. You have foretold these things since uh, the scriptures were written. And so, Lord, we thank you that you are leading us through these times not blindly but you are giving us wisdom we don't understand everything we don't know what the mark will look like and we don't know what the image of the beast will look like and we don't know exactly how the antichrist will deceive people but lord we know that you are in control and so we look to you we ask that you will give us eyes to see and ears to hear and witness the things which you have foretold and understand that that you're in charge and so lord as we consider our own lives or we pray that you would help us to not be confused by what our own hearts of the world might tempt us into. And we pray that we would, not, um, we would not come down so hard on the world so as to stop giving them Jesus. But, Lord, we pray that in this day, as your scriptures have said, as the days are evil, Lord, that we would go about our work diligently and with wisdom to share the gospel with one another, with those out in the community, And Lord, that we would continue to feed on the gospel ourselves, Lord, so that we will not be taken up with the world and the Antichrist and their delusions. We thank you for Jesus and that we do not have to fear because you have saved us by your blood. We pray that you continue to wash us clean and keep us from evil and temptation, Lord. Keep us pure. We thank you in Jesus' name.